Hello and welcome to Ooh To Be A Podcast, episode 29. I'm your host, Rory Benson, and joining me today are Pete Barrow and Mel Booth of the Huddersfield Examiner as well. How are you guys? Fine, thank you, Rory. Excellent. Uh, Today we're just going to focus on Huddersfield Town's match against Manchester City on Sunday. Um, Obviously, City are are flying league leaders, 31 points out of a possible 33, uh, unbeaten all season. But, you know, Town have done it before and have beaten Manchester United. So, how are we feeling? Just... Also, a bit of background, Pete is a Manchester City fan, so we've got sort of both camps here. How are you feeling, Pete, going into this game? Um, it's, it's one of those that looks like a potential banana skin to me. Um, I think a lot of City fans um, were expecting the sort of pressure of the unbeaten run to have vanished when we went to Napoli in the Champions League, uh, only to produce fantastic performance and come away for two winners. So, from there on... In every next steps to the potential one way you stumble, and with the way um, Town um, played against Manchester United and got that sort of famous two one win, um, City cannot turn up and just think you know they can sort of wander the way through it. But to be honest, they've not had that attitude this season in any game so far. So uh, yes, potential banana skin, but if you're going with form, then City should really cruise it. Should cruise it. I imagine you're if you're in a completely different camp. Probably very worried ahead of the weekend. I'm hoping Pete's right, and it is a potential <laughs> banana skin. To be quite honest, I mean, obviously, in terms of of quality, that that it's it's a mismatch. But it's a football game. Everyone said the same thing before the Manchester United match. So Town are looking for a third successive home win. Um, after the really good performance to get the the win against West Brom with 10 men and uh, the win against Manchester United. The fans will be right there behind them. They'll try and create exactly the same atmosphere as there's been at the last two home games. Um, And that will be a big help. The fans will be there with with the players every step of the way. And if Town can hold them for a long time, as they did in the cup tie last season, and then maybe even sneak a goal... You just never know. That's what happened against Manchester United. They were completely caught cold. Um, Didn't know what to do about it until it was too late when Rashford got that goal. So, Town have got to hope for a similar sort of scenario. Uh, And the longer they can keep themselves in the game, the better. I think going into the game as well, it's, it's already pretty similar. Town lost to Bournemouth last time out. Before the Man United game, they obviously lost to Swansea as well. So, do you think maybe that might lull City in a bit, a bit of a false sense of security, like United did? And I'm not, I'm not sure that that kind of um, pattern really matters. I think they've, um, Town have to take this one in isolation. They're not expected to be City, not expected to beat top six teams, to be honest. So, in a lot of ways, it's a free hit. So what they need to do is just go and give it the best shot. And City City won't change the way Pep's got them playing. They will continue to play in that fashion. And if they're up to speed, which they were on Tuesday night against Feyenoord, if they're up to speed, Town are going to struggle to hold them. But teams have got at City this season. I went across to see the um, League Cup game against Wolves. And Wolves did a fantastic job. Of, they didn't come up out the bus. They actually... Pressed City when, wherever and when they could and tried to force them back and created chances. So I, it's like any... Like Mel says, it's a game of football. And if you... You know, it's not about luck. It's about creating the, the place you want to play and the way you want to play. And if they can impose themselves on City, City is as vulnerable as anybody else to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, how do we get out of this 
it's a problem now, sort of thing. So I, I think I think it's basically down towns. What happened to town is down to town and town's attitude. And if they've got the right attitude, then I can't really see why they can't make a contest of it. Yeah, I think Pete's right in a way. The town have got to treat this match in isolation. They've got to prepare as well as they can. Forget about last week away from home uh, and, and what happened there. Yes, it was disappointing. It's gone now. I think we all recognise that any points, significant points that town are going to pick up really are, are going to be at home if they can keep a solid home record. No one expects them to beat City, so it is a free hit, as Pete described it. Um, and... Town have got some key players back, which I'm sure we're going to go on to talk about shortly, but um, that will help. Um, but I think if they can set their stall out as they did for the Manchester United game, um, some interesting choices for David Wagner to make. Uh, but Town, for sure, are going to be have to be right back at their best. They're going to have to produce intensity right from the start. There's no way they can let City start to dictate the game, I don't think. So Town have got to be on the ball, as they were, and, can, and catch them cold if they, if they can possibly do that. Uh, and then it comes down to taking chances, um, which Town have not really taken enough chances so far this season. They managed it against Manchester United and got themselves into a lead which couldn't be pegged back. And if they can get themselves into a similar situation this Sunday, that would be fantastic. On the back of that, one player who is coming back who, who could add to that attacking threat is Casey Palmer. Uh, he's been out with a hamstring injury since the Southampton match. How crucial will he be in Town's sort of success this weekend and going forward to try and create more chances and, and get Town on the score sheet more often? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what David Wagner does with Casey Palmer because obviously he's held him back until he's absolutely sure that he's ready. He came through... Um, the other day in the, the under-23s, as we know. So we're assuming he's fit and available and ready to go. And that's a big thing for town. The the, the guy, obviously, has come, come through at, at Chelsea. Um, he's got a lot of talent. He was in scoring form for England um, as well before he got the, the injury. Um, and he has had a really good part to play for town in the four matches he's played so far. Um, he's got that extra little bit of um, sort of X factor, if you like, um, and City may not have sort of banked on him being there, uh, but he could well be in there, um, and that would that would be that would give Town more goal threat as well, um, and valuable, really valuable sort of extra touch of class as well. I think the other thing with Palmer is that if he does come back in. It will create room for other players who have perhaps been struggling to find a space to work in, people like Ince and so on, who have perhaps found themselves targeted and forced out. Whereas, and if you bring in an extra option, it opens it up for other players around him and Pam is a type of player who can bring other people into play. And he's a player that can cause problems for defences, and City obviously have defensive problems of their own this week. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of an improvement on last season. Um, obviously not having convinced company for long periods seems to have dogged City for quite a time now. And John Stones as well. Now. And John Stones is out when John Stones had just started clicking into the groove. So we're back to Nicky Otamendi and um, probably Mangala. But City defensively have been far more confident this year and I'd put that down to the, the new keeper. I think he's, he's come in, he's 
bossed his box, he can take crosses, he's quite happy to come out of his area and stop attacks and all that type of thing. And the confidence across the back line seems to have just gone sort of definitely for the middle two, the centre backs. There seems to be more confidence now. It's not either um, Joe Hart or Bravo trying to, you know, sort of failing to really sort of boss their box. A colander of a goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and the two, the two wing back, full backs are, um, I mean, Walker's looks, we've got a finished article there, he's a good player. Fabian Delph has suddenly reinvented himself and become a what looks like a you know sort of Premier class footballer. So defensively, I think they're probably healthier than they have been for a good while. To be honest, again that's down to talent. If if they press on them, if they, particularly if they press on the back two and make them work hard, then things can happen for town. Obviously town have two big strikers. Is that the way to get at City to, to put balls into the box or is it more about pressing them when they have the ball and trying to use that sort of terrier identity in the Gegen press to take it off them high up the field? It'll be interesting to see how Wagner goes about that because in some ways they might be better hitting them, hitting City on the run. If you hold the ball for too long, City are good at nicking possession back you know, your midfielders will come back and nick possession. But if you take too long to attack them, I think that might be a mistake. If Town go for it, and as you say, put the pressure on and put the big guys in and give them the ball fairly, you know, fairly quickly, I think it might just give them more opportunities. Um, in terms of Huddersfield Town, coming back is Christopher Schindler after a one-match sus- uh, suspension, uh, and also Jonathan Hogg. That really strengthens their their defensive sort of effort and. How big are those two players to town, and especially coming into a game like Manchester City's have them back? Massively, because we saw against, we, we keep referring back to the Manchester United match, which is, you know, a recent defining point. Um, they were both exceptional. Hogg was fantastic in that game. Um, I don't think it was quite mentioned how, really at the time, how well he played. He was terrific. He was doing all the right things, nicking possession, using it simply, setting up other people in space. And he did a great job in preventing Manchester United from playing. And he can certainly do the same job against Manchester City. I don't think Town will press too high in the back line because I think they will be worried about being undone by De Bruyne and the rest of them with those passes across and behind the defence. Um, that can you know can leave you literally stranded. So I don't think they'll their battle line, as it were, will be that high. But having Schindler back, he's been outstanding this season. Um, reads the game terrifically well, as we know. Puts in an aerial challenge. Not afraid to make a challenge on the deck. We hope he doesn't make any more silly ones, like the ones which with the one which got him sent off. But having him there, sort of commanding it brings the best out of the other players and then obviously it's going to be with Jonathan Hogg in front of him Town are much stronger down the spine and I do see both of those people playing Um, I can't see how you would not bring Schindler back, I think that's a given and really with the way that Town are likely to set up, I see Hogg having a very valuable job to do um, for David Wagner in the middle there. So I see both of those players coming back to play simply because Town need them. Um, Town need their best players on the pitch as much as possible this season. Are we expecting a 4-3-3 formation then, as was the case against Manchester United, or do you think it'll be the sort of more more used 4-2-3-1? 
Um, I think it will be angling more towards the four three three, personally. Um, it's a it, they will be mindful, and uh, you know David Wagner is no fool. He'll have gone through this. He knows exactly what he's doing. He'll know what he's up against, um, and I think he will have a very deep detailed job description for each man in that formation um, and uh, they will have their duties spelled out in no uncertain terms as to what is required but it is important that town play with a tempo um, they get into trouble Pete's on about getting you know being a mistake if you don't go and attack them I think that's right I think town have got to be on the front foot um, and at home with the fans behind them they're not going to have a better opportunity and you know they've got the they did do very well against Manchester City last season in the FA Cup with what you might call a reserve team. So um, you know they they've they've got previous experience. Obviously they lost the replay over there in the cup, but they have got previous experience of doing well against City here at the John Smith Stadium. And um, I, I think that Town playing with some tempo. Um, playing with the structure that we know that David Wagner likes, I think that Town, um, if they start with that tempo and if they don't make any silly mistakes, have got half a chance of keeping themselves in the game and then anything can happen. You talk about the, the job descriptions that David Wagner is going to spell out for his players. One debate that we had in the office yesterday was whether he would put a man marker on, on one of the players. I don't think we've seen it so far this season, but when you've got someone like Kevin De Bruyne in the team, who is probably the best player in the league at the minute, will it be something, especially with Jonathan Hogg back, would it be something that he'd look at maybe to have Hogg on De Bruyne throughout the game? Could It could quite possibly do that. He might even give that job to Aaron Moy. Um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Jonathan Hogg just because you think of him being a defensive kingpin. Um, it could be Aaron Moy. He could have that job. And then when Town are in possession, it's De Bruyne's problem to keep mm. Moy out of the game. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. It will be interesting to see what the selection is, to be quite honest, because we've already talked about the possibility of Palmer coming in. Does Ince play wide then? Does Kachunga keep his place? Does he bring Tommy Smith back in to bring the best out of Kachunga on that right-hand side? Because people are, are saying that, you know, maybe Elias Kachunga hasn't performed this season like the guy we saw last season um, and certainly hasn't been the same goal threat so far. Um, and then what do you do on the opposite side? Um, does Ince go out there? Does Van Lepara, who's been in very good form recently uh, and scored, of course, in the last home game, um, does he keep his place? So it's, it's quite an interesting selection. And for me, I would not make a change up front. I would certainly go with De Poitre. Um, You know, I think Steve Mounier maybe has, has got to prove himself again that he's the man up there. But I would certainly start with De Poitre, I think, against most teams that he's played against. He's caused them problems in one way or another without necessarily getting great service. We spoke about Kevin De Bruyne's influence on the Manchester City team he seems to be everything goes through him really who have been the other sort of standout performers this season obviously I'd, 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 I'd probably argue everyone. against that actually because I always think I always think if you're looking at City's linchpin for the last seven years or so it's always been David Silver and I think the fact that um, the fact that the way Silver wanders and the way that he's just allowed to drop into any kind of situation um, means that maybe man marking De Bruyne doesn't 
does it actually matter? And it is a very fluid shape as well. I mean, things sort of move quite rapidly. So I don't know whether town would kind of, whether that's surrendering a player to try and man-mark you know, City's midfield, whereas they might be better off just working on covering the space that's in front of them to try and shut them down as quickly as they can. But it's funny, we've been going on about this um, performance against Manchester United. I have a sneaking suspicion that in the uh, town uh, training camp and this, that and the other, they might be bringing up a, a different home performance against Tottenham Hotspur, where town really seemed to struggle to match the pace that with which Spurs counter-attacked and the actual pace of the players that they had. Now, if you're, you're talking De Bruyne, you, Sane, I would put Sane up against Usain Bolt. I mean, honestly, the kid can shift. And if you let him have space and allow City to play in, he will hurt you, and he will hurt you a lot. And I think that's where it becomes difficult man-marking, because I think you've got to be aware of how things are going to break up and how quickly at times City can attack you. And I would think they'll have been looking at the Tottenham game and learning all the... I know they have... I mean, after the Tottenham game, they did seem... To, the town defence did seem to learn the lessons. And it'll be interesting to see whether that's all stuck and stayed there because I think they'll they'll need to work in a, you know, in an approved way from the way that when they sort of took on the challenge of Tottenham. Um, they did that against Manchester United, although I don't think United particularly attacked them quite... Uh, quick, particularly quickly on that day whether United were just off it or Town stopped and playing or whatever but I think they're gonna, with City they're going to have to be very, very aware of how quickly that threat's going to come uh, We can't really talk about Manchester City and Huddersfield without bringing up uh, one game in particular Town's heaviest defeat ever, 10-1 You were there Mel, what was, what was that like and hopefully you're not expecting that again this week I was there, yes. I was one of the uh, unlucky ones at Main Road that day, um, covering the match for the examiner. Um, it was a strange game in many ways, because actually, for the first 20 minutes or so, town played quite well. Um, and then it was literally a case of virtually everything that Manchester City touched turned to gold. Um, and uh, I think it was a late Andy May penalty was town's only sort of consolation. Uh, and Andy, in his inimitable style, ex-City player, of course, went down the pitch, punching the air after he, after he'd scored the penalty. But um, yeah, it was a it was a very strange day in in many ways. Um, really, really sad to see Town concede ten goals. You know, it was uh, it, it wasn't anything that was expected. City had quite a young team at the time. Um, and I remember one of the headlines at the time was something about Manchester City's youth development program, you know, showing some fruition or something, you know. And it was uh, it, it was odd, whereas everyone else had gone for the ten-one thumping as the main headline, you know. And um, yeah, it, it was a sad, uh, sad time, uh, um, a, a sad, a sad day that. And there was a, there was a cheer after the match. Um, all the press sort of went down under the main stand at, at Main Road into uh, the big press room that there was there. And there was a cheer all of a sudden outside. And uh, I remember saying, oh my God, have they scored again? This was after the yeah. match. But it was in fact the City fans cheering the fact that Manchester United had lost. <laughs> and the result had just come through. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a, 
it, it was a memorable day uh, in many ways, but not not for the right reasons, obviously. And you know, the kit that Town wore has always been talked about, and uh, the players that were in the team. Everybody, you know, we've, we've even had it this week. You know, was it about a fortnight ago? You know, where are they now? Type thing. So, obviously, with it being a record score, it's it's one that people are going to keep going back to. But uh, people forget that Town actually played well for about the first twenty minutes. One other memorable moment is the Rob Edwards goal, which was something like 17 passes, I think, in the build-up mm. to it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and especially poignant for Rob, because obviously big Manchester City fan, um, and, you know, extremely popular at town, but that was a big uh, uh, big moment for Rob, and I remember we got, we got him a picture together afterwards of the of the finish, the, the final shot with the ball flying into the net, so we got one of those framed up for Rob at the time. Um, I also remember going to City and Chris Beach scoring the winner. I think that was a couple of years later uh, in the 99-2000 season and Chris Beach did a, did a really good job for Town in midfield and he was a goal threat. And we talk about goal threats from, from other areas and Town really need to, to start providing some of that. We've seen Moy obviously get a couple of goals and, uh, and what have you. But um, yeah, Chris Beach, I think, got into double figures and he was the first town midfielder for a long time, central midfielder, um, to, to get into double figures that season. Um, I think it was 99-2000 under Steve Bruce. And um, town won 1-0 at, at City then. But yeah, the Rob Edwards goal was, was a real picture-perfect goal, really. Some great passing and lovely tee-up and, and a cracking finish. And obviously the right result with a clean sheet. So... Um, I think there are plenty of people <laughs> would trade you for a clean sheet this weekend, that is for sure, because as Pete has rightly pointed out, um, the pace of City and the vision of some of their creative players is, is frightening, so Town really are going to have to be on the metal. Would you say City this year, uh, they're capable of scoring 10 goals themselves this season in a game? 40 goals in 12 games so far and they look like they can... Yeah, they're, they're not shy of having a shot on goal. Um <laughs> No, the big point obviously has been scoring regularly and scoring some very nice goals and Sergio's got his record and everything. And um, It's a team that's always going to attack. They don't... I don't think Pep knows the idea of sitting back and defending and tackling and any of that type of stuff at all. So I think the City at the moment, it's a case of um, just create as much as they possibly can create and Previously this season, plenty of goals. I mean, I honestly didn't think there was ever any chance of getting four in Naples, and and yet we looked quite comfortable in doing that. Yet going on Tuesday night, we it was very fortunate to get the one we did get two minutes from time, without particularly troubling Feyenoord. So I mean, if Town can get to the same place and kind of um, hassle them and worry them and this that and the other, it's a side that how can I put it? They didn't. They don't get as frustrated as they have done over the last couple of seasons. When I think they think things should have happened for them and it hasn't, and they're Pep seems to have got them this season, so they're a lot more patient, and they will play and they will play and play in that game plan that they have until it works. Down to town, really, to sort of make sure it doesn't work and they don't have the space to work in and force them to a point like on Tuesday night where it was a sort of sterling clip over the keeper with, and it was a bit fortunate sort of thing, you know. But, uh, no, I, I, I'd say if they do start scoring, 
they are capable of scoring 10, but I don't, I don't think it's not really a Premier League score, is it? I can't, can't, see, can't really see them outclassing somebody <coughs> in the top flight these days to that extent. But, um, you know, I mean, as I say, if, if Town do go behind and City get a roll on, it could be a few. <laughs> in a way, would, would you take 1 0 now, Mel? <laughs> 1 0 Town win, yeah. Of course <laughs> I would, yeah. No, no, it's it. We, you're talking about how many goals City might score. Um, it's indicative, really, of the quality of the build-up play. And we've seen it all season through. And they could have had a stack more goals than what they already have. So I think from that point of view, um, it just underlines how, so far, they've been so much ahead of everyone else. Um, I think it was encouraging. I remember Pete saying it after they'd been to watch that Wolves. Um, League Cup tie the fact that Wolves had had chances um, and I think Town will have had a look at as much video as they can obviously in the build up to see where they might be able to um, to create some chances of their own I think the biggest thing um, from my point of view is that Town cannot afford to make any of the sort of errors that they did against Spurs that really hurt them I mean they gifted them at least a couple of those goals uh, and you can't afford to do that against the quality side Town have got to be really really strong um, and in some senses take no risks at the back I know David Wagner does he likes to build etc and has very rarely deviated from that I think was it Derby last season away from home where they went a bit longer mm. um, and I think I think get the ball away from the danger areas, no messing about, I think has got to be the mantra in terms of defensive um, setup. Um, and going forward, as I said, obviously they need a bit of, a bit of um, quality, they need a bit of intensity, they need to be getting the ball back off City if they can. Um, and uh, there will be chances, Town will have chances. Uh, but I think it's vital, absolutely vital, that they cut out every single possible mistake at the back. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a very, very tough game and the individual mistakes that we saw against against Tottenham really cost them. Also, you, you talk about going a bit more direct. I think uh, in the Manchester United match, we did see that a bit more because of Jonas Lossel's error at Swansea the week before. You could see that every time he was getting the ball, he was clearing it and just getting it long. Mm. And with Lauren de Putter up there, you've got someone who can bring that ball down and bring yeah. people into play. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, if you're going to pick a key player for the match, who would you go for this week? Would it be one of City's attacking players or would it be town, one of Town's defensive players or even someone like Lauren de Putter? From City point of view, I think, well, you've got, De Bruyne has obviously been playing out of his skin and Silver's, what David Silver is and Bernard, as we call Bernardo Silva, seems to be clicking in and so on. But I, I think the man who could be the key man for City, if he gets the freedom, will be Sane. I think he can possibly rip town to bits if he gets half a chance. If he's going to play on the left, then would you play Tommy Smith on the right-hand side or would you play Hadajonai, who's probably got a bit more pace than Smith? Um, that That's a difficult one. Personally, I think I would go back to the more tried and trusted um, and get the skipper back in um, on the right hand side possibly some may not may not agree possibly in conjunction with Kachunga because I think the two of them have got that little bit more understanding and I think that that might well help Town um, down that side um, I think the key for Town 
really ought to be the man who plays the number 10 position. Whoever that is going to be is going to have a very, very um, key job to do for the team. Um, and that's bearing in mind that everyone else is going to really have to be on their best game. Uh, but I think the number 10, whoever he selects, selects to play that position um, in there is going to have a vital role to play. Um, but personally, down the right-hand side, to counter that, you know, as Pete says, absolutely blistering pace of Saturday, uh, I would go for the, the more solid partnership um, that we've seen over the last 12, 18 months in Smith and um, Kachunga. Okay. And just to, to wrap up, what are your predictions for the weekend score lines? Not to put you on the spot or anything. Um, <laughs> I hate to... I... I think it could be a 3-0 to the away team. Town are 16-1 to 1 in a two-horse <laughs> race. I think City are 11-2 on or something like that. So, you know, that tells you its own story. The bookies are usually not far wrong. Uh, but they were against Manchester United. Um, difficult to predict a scoreline. But I would, you know, if Town come away with a point... In any sort of scoreline, they will be absolutely, utterly thrilled, and there will be the same celebrations as a victory around the John Smith Stadium. So, yeah, if Town can get a point out of it, everyone will be utterly delighted. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, just to finish off, um, we've got to tell you about Beer 52, our sponsor for this podcast. Uh, if you put the code in Huddersfield to Beer 52, you can get a crate of eight or ten beers for 5.95 rather than the 24 pounds that they should usually cost. So thanks for them for sponsoring us and uh, we'll see you next time. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij de Sony Xperia XA2 voor 19.50 per maand, 300 minuten of SMS's en 1500 MB internet tijdens de Ben prijsbewust week. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld. This is Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. April 5th, 1918. The occurrence of influenza of severe type was reported in Kansas. This flu will become the most deadly pandemic in modern history. How did the influenza of 1918 spread so far, so fast? And does it tell us anything about this next big outbreak? I'm Sally Helm, and this is History This Week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.